Okay, so welcome to episode 62 of Black Girl Squeak, the podcast where we celebrate black film genius with a I am your co-host, Enda, also known as Enda's Corner on the Twitters. She's the published author. I am Didi, and I go by this daughter on most social media and also on Mastodon. Collectively, we are Black Girl Squeak, and you can find us on Twitter, on Tumblr, at Apple Podcasts, and at Google Play. We also have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash blackgirlsqueak, if you want to help support the show. And if you want to reach either of us, you can find me, as I said, at in this corner. You can find Didi at Dust Daughter, and you can find us both at the podcast at Black Girl Squeak. And you can almost, oh, almost, you can also... Email us at blackgirlsquee at gmail.com. We'd appreciate your feedback. And if you just want to holler at us and say hello, uh, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, and your favorite podcatcher using our RSS feed. And of course, you can find all episodes at our um, host, um, blackgirlsquee.simplecast.fm. And a bit of a housekeeping note we do have a spoiler policy, and that policy is. We spoil shit, and we are not sorry about that. And also, as a um, um, disclaimer, we squee really loud, we cuss a lot, and we talk about dick. And again, we are not sorry about that. We grown. Yes, we are. <laughs> but before very much grown. <laughs> but before we get to you know dick, we, we we talk about some other stuff, and that begins with our squee-worthy news, and Diddy, you want to kick us off there? Sure. Um, first, uh, still going to do some sports news around here, um, because there are a lot of great black women in sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simone Biles wins her fourth all-around world title, uh, and this one, um, she went through some hardships to get it. Uh, she was suffering through uh, from a kidney stone. Oh. She had just gotten out of the hospital 24 hours before uh, per- performing in uh, the world championship. Um, and uh, she was still recovering, so she fell off the balance beam and went out of bounds on the floor routine and sat on the vault during her vault <laughs> routine. <laughs> So, yeah, she was struggling, and uh, even though she won, she, she said, even though I won, I wish it were a little bit different, and she was very hard on herself uh, uh, and trying to talk like she didn't deserve it, um, but which sucks because, you know, if that were anybody else, but especially for somebody exactly. who wasn't black, um, they wouldn't have even yeah. mentioned all of that. Uh, so, she, uh, struggled to pull off her signature move, which is called the Biles, uh, which involves a round-off half-twist onto the vaulting table, uh, followed by a front double full somersault, which is a move that, uh, some of the top, uh, male gymnasts even avoid doing. And, uh, due to the difficulty of her vault routine and her um, 
floor routine in addition to her um, uneven bars um, performance, which is usually her weakest event, but she did very well in. Um, everything was topsy-turvy for her on this um, this championship. Um, she she did better on the uneven bars than she probably ever has, but um, uh, made a few missteps during the vault and the floor routine. But um, she still uh, got good enough scores to win the gold. Um, so kudos to her. She is truly mm-hmm. the goat of gymnastics right now. And also want to shout out to her for getting Mary Bono up out of the paint as far as being president of USA Gymnastics. Um, she, not only was she anti-Kaepernick, but she was also part of the law firm that uh, covered up uh, Nasser's abuse for years. Uh, um, so, um, yeah, Simone, all Simone had to do was tweet about it. And, yeah, all this, and four days later, um, Mary Bono is resigning from USAG. So, yeah, uh, that's what you call a flex. Um, <laughs> she, um, she may be tiny, but she has a lot of power in USA Gymnastics. She is tiny. She is tiny, but she she is quite a gymnast, and um, yes, yeah, she knows her power. Uh, she can get people up out of the paint um, with a tweet. Yep. So, <laughs> um, the, congratulations to Simone Biles on her fourth all around worlds title and her thirteenth title ever. Um, she's probably the Serena of gymnastics right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. To Simone Biles, we give a big score. That's just so exemplary of how black women do. We will fucking excel and everything. And if we don't do it perfectly, we still like, oh, just like, girl, you won. Yeah. Reminds <laughs> you me won. of somebody. Push <laughs> <Poor> the <laughs> Oh, okay, let's move on. Uh, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Oh, now you want to move on. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Another squeeworthy news. Ethiopia has a new president. You may have seen this in the news. Her name is Saul Warkzu, and she was appointed by Ethiopia's parliament. She has previously worked as UN Undersecretary General. And as an article in uh, NBC News said that the president's post is a ceremonial one in Ethiopia because the prime minister is the head of the state and holds executive power. And uh, this um, actually, she's among 10 women appointed to prime minister. I think it's Abi. Uh, see, this is why I need to try to learn other people's languages. Abi, I'm very sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. And uh, his chief of staff tweeted, in a patriarchal society such as ours, the appointment of a female head of state not only sets the standard for the future, but also normalizes women as decision makers in public life. And that's actually what I was really hoping is that these women, including um, Zood, would really, really do have a say in the decisions and all this stuff like that. Because um, sometimes it's really not about, you know, being the exact head of state. It's who the head of state listens to. 
And so mm-hmm. this is actually really important and, you know, really groundbreaking you know, for Ethiopia. And always happy to see black women in these types of positions anyway. So, yes. Amen. So for Salwar Zood, Salwar Zood and the other nine women appointed to the cabinet, we give a big I can't wait. This. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't right. wait. I'm excited. Much excited. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, India Moore, uh, one of our favorites from FX's Pose, mm-hmm. and just favorite in general. She's whenever she opens up her, her mouth to speak, <laughs> I am all ears. Um, she, India Moore, is starting a queer sci-fi anthology series. It's called Magic Hour. And uh, it's uh, written and directed by Che Grayson. Um, she says that, quote, LGBTQ people of color are the most marginalized demographic in the world right now and the most underrepresented. We're very underrepresented also in sci-fi, and it's telling to how little we exist in the imaginations of creators. Once again, like, Everything she says is a word. Um, She also says it's really important that this show exists because it's going to cover themes that are really real fears that we have. But it's also going to cover feelings that we have that people may not understand outside of their own gaze from their own cis-hetero experience. End quote. Yes. So I'm ready for Magic Hour when and wherever it pops up. Because if you read the article that um, uh, I'm quoting from, um, when even though um, cishet producers try to include us, when they do, they still Mm -hmm. use some harmful, harmful tropes like bury our gaze or um, just just keeping yeah. us to the sidelines. We're like seasoning to them, to their straight white main characters instead of um, characters who are three-dimensional. You know, it's also, I, I have to say, I, I do transcriptions um, for work and I was doing this one of this old sci-fi show from the 90s I think it was a Canadian show it was called Paradox and the episode I saw it kind of dealt with it dealt with gender but it was in this really really essentialized way. you could tell this was something a cishet person wrote and thought it was progressive and so what it is the wife finds out her husband is cheating on her and so she decides to go you know because apparently sex changes what and the people who do them they're called changers because it's a really easy process that you can do in like two days and it'll make you from, you know, male to female or female to male in that really, you know, essentialized gender way. And she decides to become a man so she can understand her husband better. And then it's like, it was just, I'm glad I know more about transgender issues and stuff like that now, because you can just see how flawed that was. And, you know, just like this really wasn't um, coming from someone's own transgender experience. And so being, you know, this show, it looks like, yeah, this is going to be from, you know, Quilt Bag people themselves. And 
that's why, you know, you just can't have, you know, somebody, you know, who's outside of, you know, in, in a dominant group, just, you know, putting, um, just sticking in, you know, this type of thing here, because oftentimes it gets done wrong in that way. And so, this is, yeah, so this is why I'm kind of really looking forward to this, um, this. Um, and also, as we've seen from so just Pose, that. you know, when we, when we tell yes. our, story, our own stories, we do yes. it better. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's way flyer. Yes. It's just fully realized. Yeah, fully realized. Just just fully realized. And I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, beautiful. even today, I just read a new book from a pretty popular steampunk writer. And um, mm-hmm. there is a, a character that I guess would be a trans person today, but it's mm-hmm. set in like the 1800s. Anyways, they had a character ask ask this trans woman about her her genitals, and I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. This is what we're doing. This is I know it's set in whatever time, but you're writing it in 2018. Yeah, <laughs> you, don't, I mean, you don't have to. I mean, do if that this. person got punched out or something, if that person got punched out or something, you know. No, no. Cool. No. That's that's the thing. Like that's that's why. Yeah. So like you didn't get this person didn't get punched up and you know. I'm like, what was the point? I really like I really want to be on Twitter and say this author needs a sensitivity reader or several, but um, yeah. I don't I don't want that kind of heat. I don't want to get flamed. Yeah. But um, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, you can tell that person is probably not. Uh, LGBTQ, uh, even though they've featured uh, queer characters in the past, but uh, yeah, yeah, they they went way over the way past their range. With, yeah, with this character. <laughs> right. Anyways, um, yeah. Right, yeah, sorry, but back to India. Um, yes, India is on point. I can't wait to see Magic Hour. Mm-hmm. Somebody pick it up. Netflix. Let's go. And to India, we give it a big. All right. Well, I'm excited about this one too. Yeah. Okay. So you may have also heard Ava DuVernay is going to direct a Prince documentary. Uh, She's currently shooting it for Netflix. And unlike a lot of stuff that's been done lately, Prince's estate has given her access to his vault of unreleased songs. Oh my God. She has access to Jelly. Yes. <laughs> Before uh, he passed, he had actually contacted her in hopes of working together. And I also think he was getting ready to do a reality series about opening up Paisley Park um, to for Netflix. But of course, he passed before that could happen. He'd started a bio- biography as yeah, well. So he was like, he was. I'm saying a lot of people saying stuff like, you know, he was really private and he wouldn't have wanted this. And like, he was actually starting to, because this man knew his own legacy. And he was trying to get it done, you know, for you know, for his own sake, I guess. But anyway, uh, Ava DuVernay, she says, Prince was a genius and a joy and a jolt to the senses. Yes, he was like no other. He shattered every preconceived notion, smashed every boundary, shared everything in his heart through music. The only way I know how to make this film is with love and with great care. And as much as he loved black women working with us and and Actually, 
shining him and <laughs> putting him in a good light. I think he would have wanted this. I really do. Yeah, I mean, he wanted to work with her yep. before he passed. So, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I like that she said, yes. and with great care, because she knows oh, yeah. the streets is watching. <laughs> Prince fans are are ridiculously um, protective yes. and territorial. So, uh, yeah, she, she, yes, with great care. It will need to be made with great care. Yes. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, people are scared of the, the beehive. Um, yeah, whatever Prince calls his fans, um, the car generation, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> we don't play subjects. either. What? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I'm playing. I'm no. Kidding. <laughs> hey, I'm watch it. Now. I don't watch know what we called. But, so, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Yeah, so yeah. to Ava DuVernay, yeah. probably play. the only person who could do this documentary, right? We give a big Oh my gosh, I can't wait. I know. Um I just hope it's it's more on the music and less on the drama. Yeah. I know other people may want it the other way around, but look if she got yeah. access to the but, vault, no, I think it's had, gonna be made... more about the music if she got access to the vault. I mean, he made too much music for it to be yes. focused on drama. Like, anyway, if you want drama, go yep. pick it. Go watch Purple Rain again. Um, so, moving on, uh, Oprah Winfrey stumps for Stacey Abrams in Georgia. Um, this made me happy on a mm-hmm. slow, well, just another bad day on Twitter. It, made me happy to see Oprah and not just Oprah but also um, former President Obama came to Georgia to um, uh, speak out for um, Stacey Abrams so she's got um, a lot of a lot of uh, power powerful people in her corner uh, Winfrey knocked on doors and spoke at a town hall for Georgia's Democratic gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams and uh, uh, she said, quote, every single one of us has something that, if done in numbers too big to tamper with, cannot be suppressed and cannot be denied, end quote. Um, as we talked about in our last episode, Georgia uh, is has been um, the other candidate for governor, um, who is currently the secretary of state. Uh, has been accused of voter suppression and um, tampering with ballots and uh, using his status as the Secretary of State to uh, sway the dirt, sway the election in his favor. Um, <laughs> so um, it's I was just uh, remembering a video of the town hall. There was a Q&A after... Um, uh, Oprah spoke to um, people, and um, Stacy said that um, she dreamed really small when um, she was contacted by Oprah to uh, find out what she could do um, for <laughs> her campaign. Stacy said, I, "I was just, I was, 
I was gonna ask for a tweet. Oh my girl. <laughs> this is a whole friend. <laughs> you just gonna ask for a tweet. <laughs> she said, she said Oprah said, No, I don't I wanna knock on doors. I wanna I wanna um I wanna um uh speak to the people. So <laughs> I just thought that was funny that that man we just yeah. we just um mm-hmm. we just don't want to impose on anybody um and people really want to show out for us. Aww. So um the few people that do and of course it was another black woman. <laughs> so um it turns out uh Abrams and Winfrey both grew up in Mississippi. So they have uh deep southern roots. Um so um, maybe that's why she wanted to come out and support. So um, to both Oprah Winfrey and hopefully the next governor of the state of Georgia, Stacey Abrams, we give a big oh, I hope I haven't. I hope I haven't. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, um, in kind of a different turn, because you know we all know Stacey Abrams is a romance writer. Well, so is Arthur Katrina Jackson, and she recently talked about uh, her lesbian romance, well, lesbian romance in general, in her new story, Small Town Secrets, with uh, Cory Booker's Cory's Book Corner. And she is a history professor by day, romance writer, you know, the rest of the time, and she describes herself. <laughs> As a socially awkward turtle. <laughs> Girl. She's also occasionally yes. a podcaster. Yes, she is. Um, Heard her yes, on the network. she is um, half of Ratchet Research. If you... <laughs> if you've... Um, uh, hadn't kept up with that, you know, it's a good time to go back and listen to those episodes. Uh, she says she wrote Small Town Secrets because she wanted a story about a black lesbian who was enveloped in love from her chosen family and others. Aww. Also, she's now working on a holiday novella for her Welcome to Seaport series, another volume of the Spy Who Loved Her series, and some more. So, yay! And if you've never read her work, you should. I've read the first book in the Seaport series and another one I really like called Encore. Uh, from a couple of years ago, so yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah that, that was, was first, her first. But, um, yeah. You know, she's a very good writer, and if you like, you know, your naughty and your romance, she got a plenty of that too. So, <laughs> yeah. Thruples. She's very big on she thruples, <laughs> and I support it. So, yeah, I saw, I saw that with Welcome to Seaport. There's um, okay, that's a. Oh yeah, a lot of thrupling, and and, and it's the, the series is called the Spies Who Loved Her. There's two spies <laughs> that loved her. We big in the thruples. We support thruples. <laughs> at, 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 at All right, um, at least I do. Um, <laughs> and her other series, which is something about roommates or something, is another thruple. That's where the room for three. Story comes in. She's got three series. Oh, she's doing way too much. Three um, <laughs> we love it.
Yeah, yes. Um, so to Katrina Jackson, we give a big Okay, um, real quick, I uh, just wanted to mention uh, Beyonce um, dressed up as Tony Braxton and recreated the cover art for her Tony Braxton's debut album. But um, instead of Tony, um, she called herself Phony Braxton <laughs> because she's not Tony. She's not actually Tony Braxton. It wasn't shade, people. Without trying to turn it into shade, it wasn't shade. It was just the fact that she is not no that was like that like i'm not the real tony braxton because she did look very much like tony braxton on that album cover i had to embiggen that and look at it like oh Um, that's not tony braxton she had the bob and everything she had the font even the Mm -hmm. font from the original cover yes yes like details oh also she went to another party as florence griffith joiner and again she had the details Mm -hmm. she had the nails down, down. She had the one-legged um, uh, running um, uh, track uh, suit. Um, <laughs> she had the hair. Um, it was great. I, I just, I just love the fact that every year she goes um, out of her way to kind of uh, honor um, some other great black women and. It just it was fun and needed some something to be happy about and thank you Beyonce for providing. So, <laughs> so squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> and now we are it's time to visit in this corner. Okay. With published author in the <laughs> Lord. Okay, so um we may have mentioned a few of these things. Uh before but the mu- actual music is actually here now finally uh so you may have known there's new music from nail mm-hmm. she was born neo jessica joshua in east london and she used to be a choir teacher and session singer the um, her single make it out alive said kind of describes the space she was in while she was making her album saturn which is really really good by the way uh she says i'd hit my late 20s mm-hmm. and everything was in flux relationships, work life, home situation, everything. I was lost and I genuinely had to ask, how do you make it out of here? Uh, she also says that the album is loosely is based, based loosely on the astrological idea of Saturn return, which is said to occur in one's life around 29 or 30, marking the passage into adulthood and its attendant responsibility. Girl, you don't want that. But um, she also, uh, The article from uh, Jezebel says that the music exists within the broad expanse of R&B and her music actually this album particularly is a mix of electronica, funk, soul, and jazz actually soul is um, for all we know because that was a really good album too but glad to know she followed up with a really good you know, sophomore effort mm-hmm. sometimes somebody will give you a good first album and the second one is oh okay but she it was just, it was really just frustrating though because she put out like five singles from the album. Just teasing us, like, girl, drop the album. Yeah. Already. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but the, but all yeah. the songs were so good. Yes. Like, if this is the quality of the singles, and it was, the album it is going really well. to be fire. Really and, well. Yes. It was. It was. 
and she stayed with the theme. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got, of course, the title track called Saturn. She's got another track called Orbit. Um, yeah, Saturn's the one with um, the other British singer, Quabs, right? Yes. That one was really good. That one's yes. really good. He's got a great voice. He too. does. So, um, yeah, please, please check it out. Just check out all her stuff. Um, and Complicated isn't even on the album, <laughs> which is wild. Yeah. Which is wild. Like, as good as that song is, it didn't even make it to the album. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. <laughs> so, and believe it or not, there's also another really good album that came out, like, just last week. Uh, and it's Georgia Ann Muldrow. And that album is called Overload. Uh, it has the album's title to the violent racist chaos that people, particularly black people, endure when they go online. She says, I'm checking out all these different books. Me having this education isn't stopping people from getting murdered in the street. It's not stopping that. It's the overload. And she says she wants the album to be an antidote to that exhaustion. Girl, because we need it. She says, my ethnic group in this country has been through everything that everybody else is about to go through. At the same time, during these times, people had love for one another. There was love in relationships, even though it was illegal for our people to marry. Our marriages weren't honored because we were here to work. We weren't here to cultivate friendships, motherhood, or fatherhood. But in the midst of that, people still loved each other. Overload is about being in this. When she says, um, well, yeah. Wow, that's kind. Love, so, she's, I mean, she's right. But um, she also says, I love music, man, and it comes from my love and curiosity of black people all over the world. And this album, I was actually just re-listening to some um, albums dropped uh, this this year, over the past over the past week, while I was um, just outside, you know, with my MP3s on it. She just, I, I love this album because it's kind of, it's still like in the vein of like her previous work, but it's also kind of a departure as well, but the quality is still there. So, like, a lot of people, they can't, like, um, they can't, like, either change or evolve their style without losing something, you know, in the process, but she didn't. And, you know, I have to say, I think part of it is, you know, she she finds really good people to work with. I mean, she can do it herself, but Flying Lotus produced this one. You know, she has a song on the album with her husband, uh, Dudley Perkins, and it's like, I think it also has to do with respecting her and her process when you're even when you're a producer, even when, you know, you're part of putting it together, you have to respect the artist's vision. And I think her vision was respected. Yeah. Um, there was an interview that she did with Bandcamp where um, she talked about um, the fact that, you know, Fly, Flying Lotus wasn't out to change her sound or her yeah. image or anything. She, she, yeah. was, she was like, he was like, what you got? Okay, uh, good, cool, we'll work with that. Instead of trying to, like, write some whole new material for her or whatever. Like, she she pretty much wrote um, and produced or co-produced most of the tracks on here. So, as she usually does, because she makes her own beats. Um, makes, she usually makes her own music. And it didn't stop just because she signed a brain feeder now. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. 
another cute thing in that interview was like um, everybody. She was saying that you know everybody's saying, "Oh, this is a great match." Now that you're on Brain Feeder, and she's she's like, "Well, yeah, I do like feeding brains. That's what I like to do." <laughs> Yeah, it is. Well, I love that sense of humor. All right. So, you know, yay for Georgia and Muldrow for just that constant, that constant uh, quality of her her music. I fell in love with her a couple of years ago, and she hasn't disappointed me. Um, Also, there's a bit of sad news uh, for us. Last week, a uh, playable-right novelist, uh, Antozaki Shange, passed away at age 70. She was born Paulette Williams in Trenton, New Jersey. And this was the... Antozaki Shange is the name that she gave herself, and it means she who comes with her own things, Antozaki, and she who walks like a lion, uh, Shange, and that's in, from the Zulu language. Uh, her health had been poor, you know, after she experienced two strokes in the past decades, and I actually saw her a couple of years ago doing an um, interview, and I, you could tell, you know, but she was still you know, she was still out and about and around. But she was actually in, you know, an assisted living facility when she passed away in her sleep. But uh, she coined the word choreo poem to describe the way her works blend theater, poetry, music, and dance. And her choreo poem, um, what she's mostly known for, for colored girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough is um, a work that uh, centers black women and their experiences with sexual violence, reproductive crises, suicidal despondency, overcoming trauma, and marginalization in America. And this is actually a lot of her other work. And so, I mean, if that's the only, excuse me, if this is the only thing that you've ever, you know, read from her or, you know, seen of hers before this point, that's just fine. I mean, I hope you go and look at, you know, some of her other work, but I kind of hate that whole snob mentality when somebody passes away. Oh, look beyond their, you know, most well-known works. Like sometimes people just don't have access or, you know, but, and, you know, that's, that's okay. But, you know, if you, if you can now, she has some really other, some really good works from, you know, long poems and uh, one of my favorite novels is one she wrote with her sister, Aoife Baeza, um, some sing, some cry that traces, you know, American music for like a hundred years through this one family, and it was really good. So, but um, so I'm gonna leave it with something that she said. I think kind of sums up, you know, who she was as an artist. I write for young girls of color, for girls who don't even exist yet, so that there is something there for them when they arrive. I want to say here, look where you can live. Look what you can think. I concentrate on giving this to young people because they are the treasurers of black culture. So, so just want to say rest in power, rest in peace to Ntozaki Shange for everything that she brought, everything that she gave, made people like me want to write. So, and that's it. Well, thank you. That was that was a great uh, visit to Indus Corner. I like. Um, I, I'm I'm just I'm just glad that we got to profile two artists that can 
you know, be called R&B, but whose sounds are so different. And it just kind of yes. shows yeah. how vast R&B can be. Yes, exactly. Um, like it can, in, it can include other genres of music created by black people and it can be totally something other than that too. It's, it can, it can be, it can, it can do a lot of things. It's, 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 yeah, for people who try to limit R&B or look down on it, um, I think you can look at these, these two artists and, and hopefully resist doing that yourself. Yes. And you know, also, what can we say about Intazaki? Uh, just uh, you've done you've done your yes. work, and yes. please rest in peace. You've you earned your rest. Right. <sighs> okay. All right. Finally, uh, before I start to cry. Um, Black Swan Collective is available on Mixcloud.com. Yes, I'm going to plug in this shit because she won't. Uh, you can also hear her audio essays at Mixcloud.com. Okay, so with that, it's time to move on to Catch the Fade. And yeah, there's a couple of things here today. So, Didi, you wanna? Who deserves it? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be quick. Um, I promise I'm gonna okay. be quick on on this one. Um, because I'm not even gonna get into it that <laughs> deep. Uh, if you've been on if you've been on this week, you know that uh, beef between Nicki Minaj and Cardi B has resumed. Um, and. People were um, dismissing it as, you know, word nonsense uh, and uh, not paying it half the attention uh, that um, people did when Drake and Pusha T or anybody else, any other male rappers were beefing. And uh, I peeped it because you're telling on yourselves and what you're saying is that you don't take black women seriously. And um, that's all I have to say. Um, you, you're telling on yourselves, and uh, I really don't want to hear the next time Drake's, Drake gets into a beef with somebody because it's, it's going to happen. He's an easily he's, a lot of people don't like him, so uh, it's going to happen again. And I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear the week long diatribes and Twitter threads and jokes because you take their petty beef way more seriously than anything between two black women. Uh, so uh, all y'all can catch the bait. Yep. And just something I've been noticing with um, the political podcasts that I've been listening to uh, to keep track of what's going on during this very contentious uh, midterm election year. Um, white podcasts are not doing it for me. They are way too glib about every issue. Uh, everything is a thought exercise to them. 
they equivocate way too much. It's all both sides bullshit to them because it's not life or death for them. And it's life or death for us. And I really can't stand to listen to these podcasts anymore. Um, I really need um, more black folks and especially black women to start making some political podcasts. Please, um, before you think to make another pop culture podcast, please consider um, news and politics. <laughs> I know it's not as uh, fun and sexy, but um, it's very much needed. All right. Take okay. It away. And in our latest episode of White Women Just Keep Putting a Damn Foot in a Mouth, Y'all might have heard about Rebel Wilson somehow thinks that she's the first plus-size woman to do a rom-com. Okay. Well, this is why I love the black women I follow on Twitter, because they were real, real quick to come and snatch her and say, uh, excuse you. Queen Latifah would beg to differ. Not only that, it's like, First of all, yeah, I'm glad everybody first brought up Queen Latifah because she should be like the first name when you think of with um, a plus-size woman who uh, with leading romantic comedies. But then they also brought up Monique because out of that too, even I'm sorry I hadn't seen Fat Girls, but that is also a rom-com. And then... They just she just underestimated how many of us grew up watching Ricky Lake films. Because we all know Ricky Lake too, and thank goodness also somebody mentioned Tony Collette from Muriel's wedding. Because there is America Ferreira. Yes. For uh, real women have curves. Yes. Um and I, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. This is exactly what I was about to say um, because I'm like you could also count that too. So this is this just comes to show I mean, even with um even, you know, just kind of setting aside um, Ricky Lake and, you know, Tony Collette here, they really just do not see us. They don't see black women. They don't see other women of color as women. Definitely not nope. the same they do as, as they yeah. are. And then she doubled down on this shit when it was pointed out, like, oh, it was um uh, up in the air, you know, like not clear whether they would be considered plus size. Have a... Do you? Oh, I'm sorry, but like in Hollywood, I would probably be considered plus size, even though I'm not like a big person, because Hollywood, they're skinny. They're they're they're. You can't really be much more than a size six if you can even be that much in Hollywood and be a lead actress. You cannot. These women are like well more than size twelve, <laughs> you know. Because that's kind of like where we have plus size here, no matter how it's measured. Size 12 is pretty much, you know, above that is pretty much plus size. I mean, that was just so disrespectful. Just so disrespectful to, you know, these women who came before her. And, you know, who did the damn thing. And also did films where there's the object of them, you know, you know being uh, pursued or, you know, fun, had many partnerships was not about their size. Like somebody pointed out, you know, because um, in um, Brown Sugar, most deaf was, you know, chasing her around, you know, and it wasn't like, oh, I like big girls. I'm like, no, 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 I like you. You know, most deaf was chasing her around. 
and do not give me and like and girl how did you miss last holiday she got both LL Cool J and John Esposito after her girl that 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 was like that's like the stuff of my dreams yeah I was about to say she's living the dream well exactly know, she's living somebody else's dream because yeah she's yeah. <laughs> anyway uh and she's not a small woman, but no, no matter how ambiguous you think it is. So really, also, you know that shit was acting because she's not straight. Exactly. So, exactly. <laughs> so that's double big ups. Yeah, so uh, con- and, and by the way, congratulations to you and your girlfriend for you know, have, you know, because you haven't having a child. In case that's yes. true. you know, in case that's true, which I hope it is, because you deserve all your happiness right now, more than deserve it. And really did not deserve to be disrespected like this. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, this is like, white women, call your folks. And when you fuck up like this, it's like, you know what? I'm sorry I made a mistake. And, you know, yes, these, this happened. I, I wasn't aware because, you know, maybe I'm, this is out of, you know, my age range or whatever. This came before, you know, I was really into it. But... And like they said, no, it's not really that. She just, she, she doesn't watch. She doesn't know who. She doesn't know black cast films because she doesn't have to. Yeah, what? Well, yeah, she was in that um, Pitch Perfect series, I don't right? Know. <laughs> she. I Pitch think Perfect? she is, but anyway, because that was because the director of that was the old girl talking about the color perp that. Uh, talking about uh, Steven Spielberg didn't make um, movies about women. So. Oh, okay. Just a oh, long wow. That, oh, that is. Yeah. Oh. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> My head just almost exploded. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> sorry. He doesn't make films about women. Who the fuck will Google Goldberg go through and free and Avery and Margaret Avery? Yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Oh, so, y'all really, see, y'all see, for real do not think we are women. Y'all for real don't. Yeah. Yeah. See, I see. I I I was able to piece that together because I did a Google search. You can too, rebels. <laughs> it's simple. <laughs> yeah. I know they got Google I can do in Australia. Google search. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, okay but, but, you know, so, Rebel, girl, just shut the fuck up. You fucked up. And none of us are going to see your movie or whatever you know, you're doing now. So, fuck you. Okay, so, much, much happier <laughs> before my head really does explode. We have This Week in Death Print. So, hey. yeah. Okay, so, uh, we so um you nominated okay. somebody so all right so i actually haven't seen the show but i have seen you know the pictures you may have heard of the chilling adventures of sabrina on netflix and there's some um there's some opinions are divided on it you know saw some good things about it but then when it really everybody had a chance to you know see it there were some issues, but the one thing I have not seen anybody be an issue is the young man playing um, 
Sabrina's warlock cousin, Ambrose. His name is Chance Perdomo. He is a British actor, and this is his first uh, regular series role in, a, in a American television. Uh, so apparently, he plays a character who was placed under house arrest for 75 years by the Witches' Council. So he's like a 90-year-old character in a 20-year-old body. And uh, apparently, also, the thing that's got most people excited, his character is pansexual. And so you don't really find... A, black pen pansexual characters anywhere so i don't I, I can't i can't think of another one except for lynn searcy on girlfriends can't yeah but yeah black pan characters are almost non-existent except for like those but um hey so like kelly on uh insecure said janelle Mon- janelle Monet made it okay <laughs> so <laughs> So yeah, he's a he's actually cute. He's a cutie. I've, I've saw I saw like the gift says him just walking around in like nothing but his underwear, and I'm like, okay. Oh uh-huh. really? So 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 you really did see that? Oh, yeah. huh? that's, it's some, that's some that's some quality print. Hey. Okay, now I will have to watch. <laughs> Even though I don't do scary yeah. stuff, I'll, I'll watch. You just probably watch the gift sets because there's some some things in there that will probably make you mad, and I don't know if it's worth watching the entire series. So, like I said, isolate his gifts and watch him mm. walk around looking like he does. Cause, yeah, that's a that's a good looking man. Right there. He young. That's a good looking man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, um, all right then. So, uh, yes. okay, we will end up in the yes. pantheon of Pini, <laughs> Mr. Perdomo. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe and yeah, I, I haven't think you nominated him somebody else. I think so. I have, but you may know uh, this actor um, by the name of Jesse L. Martin. Jesse L. Martin, of course, made me think of him, of course, right now. He plays uh, Joe West on The Flash. But he has a very, very, very long history on screen and stage. He, I, I want to say it was L.A., not L.A. Law, but Law and Order. He, yeah, he's been on Law and Order because everybody's been on Law and Order. He was on that Law show. and Order. He's also probably known for his role in Rent. I actually didn't know he was in that at first because I still actually haven't seen Rent. But um, I actually found out he was a singer years ago because... I used to watch VH1 all the time, and he has a, um, they, they did this uh, Rocky Horror karaoke show, and like a bunch of, you know, celebrities came, and he did the opening song, you know, that sci-fi, you know, that sci-fi, you know, romance horror thing song, and I did not know before that 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 man could sing. He was so good. Yeah, he has a great yeah. bass voice, baritone. Yes. Um, he also, well, I'm old enough to remember him singing on Alan McBeal. Ah, so, um, that was actually probably around the same time, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, also I had the Rent soundtrack because even though I had the mo- even though I couldn't uh, see the play, um, you know, I could, yeah. you know, learn the yeah. songs or whatever. So, and I think he was yeah, in he the was. Movie too. He was. So, um, so yeah, great, great 
low bass voice, and I do. I do oh, like yeah. My bass voice. Yeah. He's <laughs> cat daddy. Um, <laughs> yes, that's yes, a cat daddy. Yes. So I, I do like my cat daddies. Yeah, he can yes. like final. I think he's yes. going to take a break. I was just about to mention. Yes, yeah, he's, he's on medical leave mm-hmm. where he's about to be. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to be missed because I do love Joe West on that show. But, um, the cast is pretty is, is strong enough that they can, you know, they can make it in his absence, but hopefully, you know, he'll recover, you know, soon and we'll get him back on our screens as soon as possible. Because like I said, that's a fine ass man. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. indeed. So welcome yes. to the Pantheon, <laughs> Mr. Martin. All right. So now after we've uh, objectified cis men. <laughs> Woman is vocab, and I think I've actually done this before, but we are in tribute, and so today's woman is vocab word is choreo poem. A choreo poem combines poetry, dance, music, and song. These art forms complement each other in a highly dramatic fashion. Coined by Ntozaki Shange, the term expresses her desire to create an art form that deviated from traditional Western poetry. So. Always remember what a choreo poem is. Always remember that you do not have to stick to like one type of art, one type of genre. You can do it any way you want to, however you feel it's going to be best to express yourself. You have permission, and she gave you permission. Okay, so I think that does it for today's show. Like I said, we are Black Girl Squee. You can find us on Twitter, Tumblr, Podcast, and Google Play. We are uh, also on Patreon. Um, I said earlier this week, a couple of days ago, it would make both of us very happy if you would subscribe to the Patreon. Because both Didi and I have birthdays this month. It's our and birthday, so- Ma. It's a birthday. It's a birthday. It's also ne- currently Scorpio season. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you can find me at Edda's Corner on Twitter. You can find Didi at Dust Starter. You can find us collectively at Black Girl Squee. And again, our email is blackgirlsquee at gmail.com. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, and your favorite podcatcher using our RSS feed. And of course, all of our um, episodes are up on our uh, Simplecast uh, host, blackgirlsquee.simplecast.fm. So, until next time, bye! bye. bye.